today um, I'm going to look at Jesus walking um, on, on the water. And this is actually one of the seventh uh, miracle of John. And you can see the little map here. We re will show you the journey as I'm, as I'm speaking. Um, now, here come the extraordinary story of Jesus defying laws of nature and controlling the natural elements. In John uh, 6, 16, to verse 24 and we have here the shortest account of this story when actually both Ma uh, Matthew and Mark are telling this story but slightly longer and more on uh, from the perspective of the disciple now to give you some context the story happens between two major events uh, and on paper it looks like those two events these two days are the most important one but we will see it's not the case on the first day the crowd um, had gathered to Jesus because he had performed so many signs and wonders. They followed him. And, you know, uh, the feeding of the 5,000 happened. And that's what Katrina talked about last week. And on the second day, he revealed to the crowd that the most important thing is to believe in him because he is the bread of life. And be between these two amazing days, here comes this little passing few verses, very little, but powerful story is told about Jesus walking on the water. Now, the whole purpose of this little story in the middle there is to show that Jesus is not just a mere man, uh, you know, or a prophet who does signs and wonder, but it is also God. It is fully God because he can actually control natural elements and only God can do that. And the purpose is to really draw the um, uh, attention to, uh, you know, from the, the, the crowd. So the crowd would realize who he is really as he is about to say to them, I am the bread of life. And we know that because in verse 25, when uh, finally they reached the other side of the lake, people asked, but Jesus, when did you get there? So their faces were really like astounded. You know, they were like astonished. They were thinking, man, how come Jesus got there? I mean, I didn't see him taking the boat, boat and uh, maybe they left, you know, before actually uh, Jesus said and Jesus arrived before them. So they were very confused. But it's really, this story is to manifest God's glory and reveal Jesus uh, as glorious, much more than just a person who has a bit of power and does signs up and wonder. Now, this is what we know. After feeding and ministering to the crowd, Jesus' disciple went ahead and Jesus took himself apart to pray. The previous verses mentioned that he knew that the crowd wanted to make him king. You know, they had this idea that they could have uh, like a king of the Jews, you know, a new political leader that would help them to get rid of the Roman occupation. Now, it's very likely that Jesus took himself in that place to refresh and refocus, to spend time with his father, to ready himself for the next mission, for the next day. So at the end of this very tiring but very successful day, Jesus took himself apart to pray, avoiding the adulation of the of the crowd, finding some space and quiet. 
And this is really the first point I would like to make, that Jesus focused on the importance of his relationship to the Father. He focused on his dependency to the Father while in the mission. He knew he was, he knew he's called, but most of all, he kept his eyes on the big picture, on what matters. He did not ravel in his success. He kept focused and most importantly, connected to the source of life. There's in that a big lesson for us to make intimacy with God the number one goal in our lives. The foundation before success, before power, before anything. This is what will anchor us that we are to not hesitate to stop, to not rush ahead, but steady our souls and feed and fill our spirit with the God of all hope. That's what will keep us on track. Now, the disciple went ahead in a boat to Capernaum. And Jesus, of course, fully knew that they were going to encounter a storm. But notice, Jesus is not flapping around. He's not doing a Martha on us. He doesn't go like, oh, 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 where is the boat? Uh, what kind of boat could I have? Am I going to walk? Am I going to cross? Um, how would I be reunited with a disciple? All these questions, they do not concern him the slightest. You know, this is another thing. He's not even worried about the storm that is coming. So that's another point here. Jesus doesn't seem worried at all about the difficult logistic of the event. And he doesn't seem to be concerned at all about the circumstances. He is a way maker. He's the God of the impossible. And we learn that, that we can lean onto him. We can depend on him for all of our resources we can depend on him for wisdom why should we be worried if he was not worried now we are about to learn that he is god that he has all power that heaven's power heaven's law completely differed from our earthly laws so ineffective it makes jesus god he makes him limitless he makes you know possibilities become endless with God. You know, too many times we try to do things in our own way, in our own strength, when what we need is to learn to lean on him. So now the text said that the disciples found themselves in the storm. So they've been rowing, you know, and it's been hard work because they found themselves in the storm. Uh, and it's important to note here that being in a storm is not necessarily a sign that you are not in the will of God. Uh, John actually said uh, um, the disciple went ahead, but if we read uh, into the other account in Matthew and Mark, it says here that they were sent ahead by Jesus. So the disciple were not disobediently going ahead. Actually, we could argue Sorry, I'm trying to change the slide here. We could argue that it's their obedience that led them in the, snow, in the storm. It's because they were doing the mission with Jesus that they found themselves in the storm. They could have stayed on a couch doing nothing, but no, they were in the mission with Jesus. So uh, difficulties in life are not systematically a sign that God is disciplining us or sign that we are not in the will of God. If you find yourself in the storm, protect your heart. Do not listen to the voice who are accusing you or blaming you, okay? It's true sometimes God can come and correct, 
but we just heard of it um, with Joe, you know. Um, correction of the Lord is gentle. It's from a loving father. So do not tremble under accusation when you find yourself in the storm. Now, if you keep yourself in relationship and in obedience to God, and you find yourself in the storm, there is actually an opportunity to encounter God in the midst of the storm. And he is here with you to bring wisdom to you and solution. Like in the story, there is opportunity for an extra miracle because we see Jesus walks on water, but then he quiet the storm. That's the second miracle that happened in this story. So the disciples were three, four miles away in the storm. And Jesus was crossing the lake on foot. I mean, imagine that. It's just amazing, isn't it? That's, I love that, pass, that um, scene in the shack in the film where Jesus, you know, is actually kind of running onto the lake. And so you imagine Jesus walking on water, what a sight. Now, it's not very clear what was the intention of Jesus at the time. Uh, we're not sure if his purpose was just crossing the lake or actually to come towards the disciple. The reason we're not very sure is actually in Mark, it says he was about to pass them. Other translation like um, ESV says he meant to pass them. But Matthew said he, can't, he came to them. So our thing you see here, there's a little bit of room for interpretation. I actually think that Jesus was focused on this mission. The purpose of Jesus to, was to go to the other side of the lake to carry on his mission. But he was kind of keeping an eye for his disciple. And actually, when he saw his disciple and when they saw him, they got scared. So he had to reassure them and he did eventually board the boat. So I think his intention was to cross the lake, but he got arrested by the disciples' need. Um, and in, in here, you've got this second encounter miracle where Jesus calmed the storm. Okay. And you can read in Matthew the whole account where Peter does as well, walking to water by learning to fix his eye on Jesus and trust him. So Jesus stop in the middle of the lake to rescue his disciple and this made me think about the heart of Jesus you know Heidi Becker often speaks about stopping for the one her mission might be the revival of Mozambique but she will still stop and love the individuals in front of her one by one she will nurture them into full restoration I feel Jesus was doing that he was on his way to preach the most amazing preach like I am the bread of life but he stops for his disciple. And I feel we need to do the same in life. Yeah, we, we reveal we're doing the kingdom and the way we're doing it is to stop for the one. Now the story finishes with this little sentence. Um, then the disciple were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the other shore. That's John 6 verse 21. So there is this astonished little verse that Jesus comes and somehow they arrive very quickly to their destination. Notice their destination is slightly different than what they planned at the beginning. At the beginning, they set up for Capernaum, but they ended up in Gennesaret. I find that amazing because I think sometimes that's what happened with God. You, you think you're sending one way, 
and you end up in another uh, uh, place. And but you know what? God is in the midst. God is with you, and that's what matters. There's no explanation and description about the rest of the journey here. We just know Jesus can the stop and they find themselves arrive. And some uh, account, and some people think there has been something supernatural by which maybe time and space changed there and, and the boat suddenly was proposed to the, to the shore. But honestly, um, when we look at immediately, the word immediately in the Greek, it means straight away, in no time, shortly after. So I think it's most likely that the second part of the journey was a breeze. It was easy. It felt no time comparing at the very first part where they had to ruin. It was really, really hard. And for me, as the greatest miracle of most, once they accepted Jesus on board, the miraculous, the supernatural of God entered too. The storm was finished and the journey was easy and faster than expected. Let's say that the second half was not characterized by heavy, laborious rowing. And it's a wonderful picture of what happened when we trust and let Jesus in charge. He carries the burden and the breakthrough comes. It doesn't mean that when we become a Christian, it, boom, everything becomes easy. We just saw that. You know, they were in the will of God and they found themselves in the storm. Their obedience meant that they, they, they found themselves in the storm. But it means that with Jesus in the midst, things happen and our burden is lightened. So now to conclude, the purpose of the story, and I can see I forgot to change my slide, but it doesn't matter. The purpose of the story is to manifest face the glory of God and to reveal Jesus as the son of God as only God can control the laws of nature. The crowd, the crowd had followed him around, but they needed to know and the disciple needed to know that Jesus is much more than a powerful man or a powerful prophet. It is the son of God. And all of that in order to take the message that he is about to preach, that he is the bread of life. I think this story is to provoke our faith, is to provoke us to believe that Jesus is the God of the impossible, is the way maker. It prepares our heart as setups hungry for it, that we will realize that he is the source of all life. He should be our staple diet, our bread of life, because Jesus is life itself, and life flows when we get to know him. Amen.